0: Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Winning Momentum Podcast with your host. That's me, Scott Sinclair. Hope everybody's having a good morning. Listen, I am recording this on a Sunday evening, so Sunday, September the eighteenth and tomorrow is Queen Elizabeth the uh, second Queen of uh, United Kingdom. It's her funeral and the podcast is being released Tuesday morning as it typically is on uh, 5 AM at 5 AM Eastern. And so bottom line is I'm recording this before the funeral, but you will be listening to it after the funeral. I'm traveling tomorrow. Often I would record these on the Monday before the Tuesday release, but I wanted to get this out the door here. So here we are on a Sunday evening recording this show for you. And, um, So I don't know. I won't have watched the funeral before. I probably won't have a chance to watch it at all, but I definitely will not have watched it before. I haven't watched it before I recorded this podcast because it happens tomorrow, but, but many of you who are listening to the podcast will have watched the funeral. Um, Queen Elizabeth died at the age of 96 in her castle in Scotland, Balmoral castle, 70 years, 70 years on the throne as a leader succeeded by, uh, uh, Charles King Charles, the third now, and there's a national day of mourning, uh, actually a, a mourning period in the United Kingdom for two days. And then in many of the Commonwealth countries, and I'm sitting in Canada as we speak, which is one of those Commonwealth countries, there's a federal day of mourning tomorrow, which is Monday the 19th. Um, which is the day of the, of the funeral, I believe. And so the queen was clearly a beloved uh, figure. This has been worldwide news, by far the longest reigning monarch or leader or figurehead of any country for 70 years. Um, I saw at one point there was a viewing of the coffin in Scotland, and there was 400,000 people lined up, 400,000 people lined up just to just to view her. It's a really astonishing the passion, uh, respect, love that that the Queen generated uh, among millions and millions and millions of people, not just in her own country, but around the world. So to those of you that sent me messages, I got a, a few, not, not several, but certainly a few, email and other messages from people around the world wishing me well for the passing of the monarch. As I've said to each one of you, in person, I said thank you very much. But the truth is, the truth is I, like many Canadians, um, and like many in the Commonwealth countries are certainly of my generation, are are somewhat detached from the royalty, from the monarch. Um, you know, not a not a day-to-day thing in our lives. You know, it's a for us I would say it's a, a figurehead, uh, pomp and ceremony. Um I don't know what other words to put to it but but it's um it's still sad it's still sad uh it, you know what I love about her is that she was work she died at ninety six and she was working a full schedule two days before she died. I just think that's incredible that is inspiring in my mind anyways this is a podcast about winning momentum and and that means turning things around and being successful in your business and your life and You don't know this, but I do. The content breaks into three broad buckets, one being your personal mindset, which is, you know, things like overcoming fear and just dealing with yourself. Uh, Another bucket would be the technical skills in, in running a business. And a third bucket is leadership. We talk a lot about leadership and as many of you know, if you're a long-time listener, I try to use some of the current events to draw upon lessons and, and observations that that tie into what we try to talk about on this podcast. So anything that you read about or hear about in the news or the media as it, was, uh, as it relates to the Queen right now always brings up that she's the best leader ever, in effect. Much more eloquent words than that, but that she's the best leader ever, and you wonder, you know, as evidenced by her success during her reign of seventy years, I can't stress that enough, and and the love that uh, the outpouring that has result resulted uh, because of her death, because of her passing, and you know, want us to wonder. I certainly do. How much? How much of this this adoration for her? is that the right word? I think it is, for her leadership skills really boils down to the fact that she had the job. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but to me, 80% of being a leader is to have the job. It's like that old saying about being a hero. A hero is an ordinary person in an extraordinary circumstance, right? Someone who just steps up and does what needs to be done in this extraordinary circumstance. And a leader is someone who survives and does the job a leadership job. That's what a leader is in many respects is part of the job. How many U S presidents do you know that is not a, you know, that you would say this person is not a leader. They're all leaders. Now you may hate their leadership. You may hate what they stand for. You may think that Biden is the, the worst worst president ever and is driving the, is driving the country off a cliff. You may think that George Bush or Donald Trump, we're flat-out evil people akin to Hitler, as you hear so often in the news. But you can't say they didn't lead. You can't see they don't have followers. Every single person in that position through the history of time and in every other country that I'm aware of that I've observed, certainly in Canada, you may not like them, but you can't say they're not leaders. And why is that? Well, 80% of it, I think, is because they have the job. And when you have the job you become a leader. So I'm a, I don't know what lessons that we can get out of that. I mean, if you have the job for 70 years, that's a long time. Obviously you're a leader, right? Um, people are going to follow you no matter what. The longest serving president by definition is, a, is eight years. Uh, I think the longest serving prime minister in Canada has been 10 years. And so 70 years is a really, really, those are my frames of reference. That's why I dropped those. But, you know, 70 years is a really, really long time. So what did the queen herself say about leadership during her speech in the United Nations General Assembly in 2010? She said, and I quote, I know of no single formula of success. But over the years, I have observed that some attributes of leadership are universal. And are often about finding ways of encouraging people to combine their efforts, their talents, their insights, their enthusiasm, and their inspiration to work together. Finding ways of encouraging people to combine their efforts, their talents, their insights, their enthusiasm, and their inspiration to work together. So the Queen's own observations about leadership are in fact the definition of leadership. I I don't know that that tells us. (laughs) really anything. I mean, leadership is about getting people to work together in the same direction with enthusiasm and inspiration and talents and insights and all these things that she said. So, you know, we can't really argue that, but I don't know that it really does us any good. It seems to me that's sort of defining the words with the word. Um, But let's carry on uh, because I, I don't mean to come across negative here. Um, I think she's a fantastic leader. Um, But don't underestimate the power of just being in the position when it comes to leadership. That goes a long way, all right? So if you research on the internet like I did today, the queen leadership skills, you're going to find a million articles right now in every business magazine and every uh, leadership magazine and every online-related journal in media, you're going to see articles that say things like five leadership lessons from Queen Elizabeth, 20 leadership lessons from Queen Elizabeth, seven leadership, le- and, and every one of these lessons is just any word loosely related to leadership that you can think of, okay? And so this person is a figurehead, and we're attributing, we're using her to attribute our leadership biases <laughs> Um, and our meetings of leadership and we're, and we 're putting them on her and she 's been around for so long and she 's excelled at all of those things that you know it works, it works so like we 're not trying to get too hung up on the uh, we 're not trying to what am I trying to say we're not, we're not trying to dissect this too closely here, but let 's just see if we can walk through some of these points and learn a thing for ourselves and how it draws into what we are trying to do to turn our business around, to turn our life around, just to be, you know, more profitable and more satisfied with what we're doing. So here's a lesson uh, from one of the articles that I picked up was sort of a common thing. It was called preparing to step up. A leadership skill of the Queens was preparing to step up. So as soon as King Edward the eighth uh, abdicated, didn't abduct the throne. He abdicated the throne. And the queen's father became king. She was 10 years old. So from the time that she was 10, she knew that she was going to be queen someday. And what she didn't know was that she was going to be queen at 25 because her her father dropped dead prematurely, I believe. And so at 25 years old, she became queen. Compared to now... Um, uh, our new king, who is 73 years old, right? So Queen Elizabeth became queen at 25 years old. But from 10 years old, she was heir apparent and began preparing for her future role. She was well, well-versed in ceremony by observing her mother and father, was tutored on the British Constitution, uh, doesn't matter who by. With the encouragement of her first private secretary, she started reading all foreign office telegrams. Listen to debates in the House of Commons all before, she, all before her accession to the, to the throne. <clears throat> Is that a leadership quality? Preparation? This author says, imagine having prepared for your leadership role your whole life. What kind of leader would that make you now if you had been preparing your entire life? What could you do now to help you prepare for the next leadership role? Okay, so those are good questions. But you don't know from the time you're 10 that you're going to be the leader of whatever you're leading right now. You don't know that. She knew that. She knew she was going to be queen someday. She didn't know if it was going to be at 11 years old or 73 years old like her current son, but she knew she was going to be queen. And she knew that she had a purpose and she had one thing to prepare for. And so this idea that you need to prepare yourselves to step up, I think is good in some sense, but step up to what? I think more likely a hero, as I said, is, is an ordinary person in an extraordinary circumstance. What you should be is prepared to, just to step up at all, okay? Just prepare, because life, what we, one thing we know for sure is life is going to throw shit at you, and you need to deal with the things that are thrust upon you. Now, how could you prepare and practice for that now? Well, you could do prepare and practice by by learning different skills, by building your talent stack, which we've talked about before on this channel and we'll talk about it more, um, by being educated, by leading in other ways, okay? By listening to content, listening to things like this show and many like it. Uh, And she, you know you don't know where you're going to end up like she did and you don't know what you're going to be leading, but you can train, you can learn, you can be more curious, you can accept responsibility. You could say yes to things. I did a spot on that on a show the other day that we're always given advice that the best deals we've ever done are the ones that we said no to that to succeed and to be a great success in life. We need to focus We need to say no to, you know, to things that are outside of our focus. But what people don't tell you is that you also have to say yes, because one thing I can guarantee you is that 100% of your success will come from something you said yes to. 100% will come from something you said yes to. It's true that your your best deals might be things that you said no to, but if you don't say yes, if you don't accept responsibility and start working, you're never going to get anywhere. So that was the first point. Second point, having a clear purpose. Well, now we get into the heart of the matter as far as I'm concerned. The Queen's role as monarch requires her to be deeply involved in the life of the nation through her wide-ranging constitutional and representational duties. She acts as a focus for national identity, unity, pride, gives a sense of stability and continuity continuity and officially recognizes success and excellence perhaps her unwavering sense of duty and devotion to a life of service is the true hallmark of hallmark of her long reign besides the roles and responsibilities of your leadership role How would you define your clear purpose as a leader? To what extent does your clear purpose guide your behaviors and actions? I I talk about this a lot on the winning momentum podcast and our predecessor show martinis with Scott, you know, the essence of what makes humans happy, what makes us fulfilled. How do we build teams in a business environment And it always comes down to the most important thing, which is that humans need an aim. Organizations need an aim. They need a purpose. And it doesn't really matter what that aim is. If you just choose to aim for something, by definition, that aim has value to you. It has value, okay? And what we need as humans is we need to have an aim, any aim at all, that we're willing to strive and deal with, to deal with uncertainties and difficulties and to strive and then to progress towards that aim. But by definition, if aim is something valuable, when you progress, when you overcome hurdles, you are becoming more valuable because you're getting closer to your aim. And that's what makes us all tick. Okay. It's not it's not the consumption of something. It's not a flirting dopamine hit from this, that, or the other thing. That's fleeting happiness a cheap thrill, okay? What makes you happy and what makes you work, what makes you fulfilled in substance is this idea that you have a purpose, you have an aim, and that you strive and progress towards that aim, and therefore you become more valuable, okay? Not to me, to yourself, you become more valuable. That's the essence of fulfillment. And again, it doesn't matter what that aim is, If you pick a name, if you pick something, you put your head down, you work your butt off at that, give yourself six months. If you're a dead-end job, you hate that job, work your ass off at that for six months and see see what happens. And what will happen is you'll be rewarded, more than likely, either at the organization you're at, um, externally somebody else will notice Internally, you'll feel more confidence. Something positive is going to happen. Nothing negative is going to happen by doing that. Something very positive will happen. And one of the things that will happen is eventually you'll find a new aim. And again, if what you're aiming at, if what your purpose is, is by definition value and you find a new one, that means it has more value than what you were doing. And then you're going to start working towards the thing with more value. Repeat, work your butt off see what happens, okay? And just keep going from there. So this whole idea that you need to sit around and find your passion and all that sort of nonsense. That that doesn't work. Okay? This is about having an aim, having a purpose, and once you have done that, as they say, you can overcome any any what with the right why. Okay? If you have purpose, you can overcome anything. Doesn't matter what it is. And and I think you know, they say a, a leadership function here, a skill of the queen is having a clear purpose. Well, I, I don't know that that was a skill of hers. As much as again, eighty percent of leadership is being in the job, and clearly, that was going to be her job from the time that she was ten years old, being at service at the service of others on her twenty first first birthday, princess. Uh, Elizabeth dedicated her whole life to the service of the Commonwealth. She said, I declare before you all that my whole life, I declare, let me try this again. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. In her coronation, which I'm guessing was four years later, she pledged throughout all of my life, with all of my heart, I shall strive to be worthy of your trust. This philosophy of servant leadership, which she adopted early on in her royal career, may be the secret to her longevity. Well, I don't know about that. But as a leader, what acts of service could you offer your colleagues? What could you do today to help them out? How could you establish greater levels of trust? You know, this is the concept of you as a leader, if you happen to be in that position. And it doesn't matter if you're the leader, the CEO of a Fortune 50 company Or you're the supervisor of three people in the shipping receiving department of wherever you work. If you're responsible for people, if you're part of a team, your job is to serve, your job is to add value to someone else, to your employees, to your coworkers, to your external stakeholders like your customers. I think an important lesson for leadership is to remember that your job as CEO is to serve your employees, not the other way around. The other way around is manipulative. It's short-term and it's not going to last. It will last for a little while if you're good at it, if you're authoritarian. But real leaders, the most successful of the leaders think of themselves as getting there to help their employees achieve their goal and making sure that their goals are aligned with the corporate goals, which are aligned with the corporate values, right? Your job is to help your employees achieve their goals and to make sure that the employee goals are aligned with the corporate goals, which are aligned with the corporate values. That's what your job is. Okay. And that is this idea of adding value to someone else when you are a leader, Leading by example, from her time spent as a mechanic and driver in the war effort to the sheer volume of engagement she had continued to undertake in her very senior years, the Queen has constantly demonstrated her commitment and her willingness to work hard. This this comes back to the thing that I love best, as I told you that she was working a full schedule two days before her death at 96 years old. I would love to do that. (laughs) We'll see how I do. Even in her time of grief, she sat alone in the cathedral at her husband's funeral, doing the right thing during the coronavirus coronavirus crisis and setting an example for the nation. The Duke of Cambridge said of her grandmother, of his grandmother, I think I speak for my generation when I say the example and continuity proved by the Queen is not only very rare among leaders, but also a great source of pride and reassurance. You can tell from that quote that, this whole idea of continuity, comfort, pride comes again from her being in the job. Just from being in the job 70 years, there's your continuity and comfort, right? That things aren't changing. People are very uneasy with change because it brings risk. But I think the more important thing here about the leading by example, something that you and I can take away tangible out of this, is living to her values Living to purpose, her commitment to serve, and that she just kept working, that she just got every day, no matter what, and worked. And uh, to me, that's just amazing. I'm, so I am very inspired by that. You know, you need values. When I talk about making sure that an employee's goals are met that are tied to the corporate goals, that are tied to values, to start this all off, you need values. If you're going to dedicate yourself to something, you have to be able to define define those values. And aim is by definition value. What are those values, right? Um, I've talked to you about one of the companies that I own, a couple of the companies that I own. I won't drop their names on this particular episode. I have in the past, I will in the future. But we set out three values, and those values uh, that I'm thinking of right now are teamwork. Which includes openness and honesty inside and outside the organization, perfect delivery and perfect quality. Okay. And, you know, on perfect delivery, for example, we, we don't ever expect to achieve perf- uh, perfection on delivery or quality, but we do expect to strive towards that at all times and to let those values drive our decisions. And when you have the values, that everybody understands, you know, you, you can be accountable to those values and to yourself and to your teammates. And you, you, without values, you can't be accountable because what are you being held accountable to, right? So if you have a situation, I've uh, just did a, a podcast with a John Robertson that'll be released a week from now, I believe. A terrific interview. You're really going to like this guy. And we talked a lot about Values and accountability. And we talked about an example Let's say you're running a business and you have a rogue employee or someone who's a star but isn't adhering with the values, and you're terrified to let this person go, right? Because of the damage that it's going to do to your business. Well, it's going to be, no, you know, if you let people skate on your values, it's going to destroy the, the culture of the entire organization. And we just let somebody go on one of my businesses over exactly that. We had a person who was really terrific at their production job. Didn't fit with the values. Repeatedly talked to them, hoped to keep them. Didn't work. That person is gone. All right. So that, what was that point? That was leading by example. Be curious. The Queen's role Gives her the opportunity to interact with everyone from world leaders to members of the general public. On these occasions, she's well known to be very curious about people, asking questions, listening attentively. One of the most well-traveled heads of states, you would hope so. After seventy years, having visited 116 countries over her reign, her custody coupled with her her curiosity, coupled with her extensive travel, is likely to have hugely in formed her growth as a leader and the type of leader that she wanted to be. What questions do you ask as a leader? Are you really interested? Are you listening? Do you look for inspiration in new places? Look, I couldn't agree with this point more. I think it's a great human trait. I don't know that it's it's applicable to leadership, but I don't know if it's purely a leadership trait. I think it's more of a human trait. I will tell you many of the good things that have happened to me is because I've been curious and I've been willing to say yes. And I've had the confidence to know that if I got myself into a situation that I had no idea what the hell I was doing there, I I could figure it out. I could work hard enough. I'd be smart enough. I'd be curious enough, creative enough, that I could get myself out of whatever trouble I was in. Because as to say, curiosity kills the cat, right? I think curiosity is, is an amazing human trait. I'll give you an example. So like this content, this content that I do right now, this was curiosity. This was me three years ago or so, traveling all the time with headphones in my ears listening at first to audiobooks. I was consuming a couple of books a week probably. And then moving into podcasts, which I discovered around that time. I know long be long behind the rest of the world, but I discovered podcasts and, and thought, Hey, that'd be, I'm curious. I'm curious about these podcast things. I'm listening to more. I found people I really like to listen to like Scott Adams, Scott Adams. I still to this day, listen to daily, uh, I listened to a lot of Jordan Peterson stuff back then, Uh, some Rogan, not too much, but some of it, you know, and so my tastes in podcasts have changed over time, but I became really curious. I thought, Hey, I wonder if I could, if I could use this, maybe it'd be fun. Let's try it out. So we did it. We did it. And we started off trying to live stream on, on Periscope. Do you remember that app? (laughs) That Twitter live scheme is, is stream. It's dead now it's dead. But anyways, the show has evolved since then, but it started because I was curious. It didn't start because I had a business plan. If you want to be a leader, if you want to be a leader, you need to say, yes, you need to be curious. You can't analyze things to death. You just need to go with it. What was that rule we came up with on this, one of this show before that, um, you're never going to know 100% of the information. You will never know 100% of everything before you make a decision. So how much do you need to know? And I would suggest to you around 70%, 60, 70%. If you feel like you've covered 60, 70%, make your decision because it's not going to get better from there. Okay? Be curious. Don't overanalyze things. Jump into stuff. Have confidence in yourself. I think that's the lesson we take from there. Lastly, embracing change. I love this one. Over her long reign, the queen has lived through many major events and cultural milestones, and she has had to learn to adapt and move with the times. Think back 70 years. Could you imagine? Could you imagine what she has led through? The world, the you know, the wars, changing governments. It's, you know, the disasters, the victories. It's incredible. It's incredible the change that she had to navigate. The ability to to embrace change has been apparent from the very beginning of her reign when she agreed to have her coronation broadcast live on television. She has continued to adapt with the technological landscape, sending her first email in 1976, publishing her first Instagram post in 2019. I don't think you can work till you're 96 if you are resistant to change, to adopting, for example, as that bullet point said, technological innovation. You know, if you, want to, if you want to have longevity, you definitely need to adapt to what's going on in the world. The Queen has set many firsts during her career, changing the shape of the monarchy, setting a precedent for all British royals. The Queen had said, change is a constant Managing it has become an expanding discipline. The way we embrace it defines our future. That is a quote from Queen Elizabeth. The way we embrace change defines our future. How well do you embrace change? You know, it's funny. I have a, um, a keynote speech that I give, a canned speech and the topic is three action items to immediately improve your business and the very first of those action items is wait for it embrace change i won't go through the details we've done it on this show before we'll do it again but the bottom line is as a leader you need to embrace embrace change i don't mean it just in the way that was described about queen elizabeth here you know over the course of her 70 year RAIN, that technology change, communication tools change. I don't mean just that. I mean, everything's changing all the times in, in ways that you can't even see. And you get stuck in your ways. And you get stuck in your ways because of confirmation bias, which I've talked about at length on this show and the John, John Robertson podcast coming out next week. We talk about it a bunch more. So if you want to learn more, tune in next week, subscribe to the show, whatever you need to do to get a heads up on this. But the bottom line is, Things change. And therefore, you need to change. Because if things aren't going the way that you think they ought to go in your life or in your business, then you need to do something different. Because doing the same thing over and over that isn't working, well, that's not, we all know what that is. So you need to change. And the bottom line on that point in leadership is to, particularly in a business, you manage your business through KPIs, key performance indicators, which are objective mathematical. Indicators, three, four, or five of them that drive your entire business, and stay on top of them every day. Know them off the top of your head, and if they're going sideways, that's your trigger. You need to change. You need to look at what's going on, and you need to embrace continuous improvement. Just change is a way of life. It's not a oh things aren't going well. I need to change. It's I need to change every day to continue to make things better. So that was the one article out of the hundreds that I told you about that I stuck onto because I liked I liked five out of the six at least points on there in terms of leadership lessons that can be observed through the life of the queen. For me, out of all of those, again, the one that stands out to me is the human's need just to have a name. You just have to have a purpose and a name to be fulfilled. and And again, I don't think... I don't think necessarily the queen created her purpose. It was thrust upon her, but she certainly embraced it, and she stuck with it. She stuck with it. Again, working until two days before she, she died at 96 years old. And that, that, should be, that should be applauded. Imagine the pressures. Imagine the pressures and the, the distractions, the temptations... To not live up to your values, to not put your service in, to not be dedicated to the commonwealth. With all that money, all that popularity, all that fame, the favorite thing for me is the is the clear dedication to the purpose. And I think if there's one thing that we can all take a lesson out of, it should be that. And it must have been hard, you know. watching the coverage of the last 10 days, very often on TV, I would see uh, Sarah, Duchess of York. Sarah Margaret Ferguson, she was born, nicknamed Fergie. I think they called her Princess Fergie, but she's really a duchess, I think. And a member of the British royal family, she was married to Prince Andrew, who's the younger brother of... So he's the brother of now King Charles, King Charles III. They're divorced, but I understand still living together. Two daughters, uh, Princesses Beatrice and Eugenie. And so I saw her on TV and it reminded me of a story when I was in probably my late 30s, so a long time ago now. I don't remember why or what, but I was in Verbier, Switzerland. So for those of you that don't know Verbier, Verbier is a very upscale, posh, Swiss ski resort. And uh, there's nothing cheap going on in that town. It's a very expensive place, uh, ski town. Uh, Wonderful. I've been there many times. Wonderful summer place as well. But this was a... This was a winter time, and I, I believe I was skiing. And for whatever reason, I was holding a dinner. So I was the host. It was my dinner. And as I recall, I had maybe 10, 12 people at my dinner table in this very Swiss, small restaurant with you know, lots of Michelin stars, one of the best restaurants in Switzerland. And I have this dinner for 10 or 12 people. And when we get to this restaurant, it struck me right away that the restaurant felt almost closed for us, except if it wasn't for us, there was two tables. There was our table of 10 and 12, and then there was another table of about 18 people, as I recall, maybe 15, something like that, just slightly bigger than ours. But that was it. There was nobody else in the restaurant, There's just these two long tables. And we were close to each other. You know, you could have turned around and reached your hand out behind you and Maybe not quite, but almost touched the back of the the person behind you. At the other table was Fergie and her crew. So it was my crew, and then it was Fergie, the Duchess of York, and her crew. And she was there with some clearly a British royal looking guy. Was it wasn't she was divorced already, I believe. But her two daughters were there. I don't know how old they would have been at the time. They looked like 16, 18, 19, somewhere in that range. And a bunch of Euro trash dudes and some boyfriends. <laughs> and what struck me most, well, first of all, I wouldn't even have known personally that that was Fergie. But the the women at my table were were very much into this. They identified her. And that was all confirmed. And so it was all very exciting. It was all very exciting to have royalty at the table next to you. And also what they had at the table next to us is that they were very, 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 very drunk. I can't stress how drunk they all were. And there was a lot of white powder. There was a lot of Coke at that table. (laughs) Out in the open, people running in and out to bathrooms, running in and out to wherever they were running to, like all night long. They were... They were out of control. They looked horrible. They were incoherent. They, they. Um, I don't think they ate. I don't think they ate anything. It was. It was a. Um, it was an interesting experience. I mean, if you were a more mature, mature person than I might have been at the time, you would think it was sad and all those sorts of things. But it, I have to admit, it was pretty funny and entertaining at the time. Anyways, watching watching Fergie on TV has reminded me of that story from back in the day. But I think the point is here is the temptations of that life. That it takes a pretty strong dedication to your purpose and to your aim to toil and strife and to survive. To survive, survive those temptations. And We've seen the wrong turn taken by many of the royals. Look at Prince Harry, for example. Seems to me has just turned himself into a grifter. And so there's someone who didn't have that strong why. And one thing we can take from the queen and all of her accomplishments is she was true to her purpose. It did lead her through 70 years of successful leadership. And so that's it. My condolences to everyone who has lost their queen. And with that, I think I'm going to, I'm going to sign off for the night. I hope everybody has a great week. I'm shooting another show later this week in person with, uh, well, it'll be a surprise. I'll let you know who. And, you know, you can you can uh, subscribe as you usually do. Check out thescottsinclair.com. I think that's the place to be. And most of our content will be flowing through there. Thank you for listening. I wish you all the best. We'll talk to you next week.